Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 27th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we are going to do a little bit different today because as everybody in the theater community probably knows by now on Sunday, we learned of the passing of the iconic Pulitzer Prize and Tony winning playwright Neil Simon. Instead of a normal Monday episode, there really wasn't a ton of major information. So today we're going to focus specifically on the life and legacy of Neil Simon. Uh, we've got a little bit of his his uh, obituary here to get through. But James, I know shortly after it was announced, if not minutes after it was announced, I know you were able to talk to Peter Felicia, who uh, kind of gave his insights and and uh, some details about his career. So we'll get to that here in a minute. So on Sunday, we learned that Neil Simon, one of Broadway's most celebrated and prolific writers, had passed away at the age of 91 due to complications from a bout with pneumonia. Simon had received more combined Oscar and Tony nominations than any other writer in history, including 17 Tony noms and three competitive wins. We'll talk yet another a non-competitive win as well. In the course of 40 years, the prolific playwright had 30 plays and musicals debut on Broadway, not counting revivals, beginning with Come Blow Your Horn in 1961 and concluding in 2001 with 45 Seconds from Broadway. He made a name for himself with comedies such as Barefoot in the Park, The Odd Couple, and Plaza Suite. But as his career progressed, he began to explore darker themes, especially in the semi-autobiographical Brighton Beach trilogy, which included Brighton Beach memoirs, Biloxi Blues, and Broadway Bound. In addition to plays, Simon also wrote the book for a number of now classic musicals, including Little Me, Sweet Charity, and Promises, Promises. He also wrote 27 films, including many adaptations of his own work, the success of The Odd Couple on stage, in movie theaters, and on television, including a reboot on CBS, which ran for three seasons through early last year. Uh, he made an impact on writers of all generations and styles. Uh, Simon more or less began his career writing for Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows on television, which at the time also featured writers Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, who was also a cast member, and Fiddler on the Roof Tony winner Joseph Stein. In 1983, Simon became the only living playwright to have a New York theater named in his honor. Of course, that house will be home to the Cher Show beginning in November and still bears his name. In addition, Simon at one point owned the Eugene O'Neill Theater for a number of years before selling it to Ju Jampson in 1982. Throughout his career, Simon was awarded two Emmys, four Tonys, including that special one I mentioned earlier in 1975, the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, a Kennedy Center honor, induction into the American Theater Hall of Fame, four Academy Award nominations, a Golden Globe, and the 1991 Pulitzer Prize for Lost in Yonkers. Simon is survived by his three daughters, three grandchildren, and a great-grandson, as well as his wife of 19 years, Theater World Award winner Elaine Joyce. I know I've seen remembrances on social media, James, from all different types of folks from the theater community, but also from the pop culture community at large. There is probably no underestimating the impact that the stories and the the works and the characters that he created have had on our popular consciousness and and kind of we always talk about in sports the coaching tree people who were assistant coaches under a certain coach and how they kind of branch out i have a feeling that because of all of the things that he created many more creators and writers and producers were inspired by his work than we will probably ever actually know it's uh you you put it all down on paper and it's astounding the life and the impact that he's had um 
So as you mentioned, right after uh, this week on Broadway, on Sunday uh, morning we recorded, uh, uh, you had sent me the news of Mr. Simon's yeah. passing. Uh, I was able to quickly jump back uh, on the phone with uh, Peter Felicia and uh, not only break the news to Peter, but uh, get his take on it. So let's uh, take a listen here to what Peter has to say about Mr. Simon. Hey, Peter, it's James Marino, Broadway Radio. We just got the news on Sunday morning that Neil Simon has passed away. I just wondered if you had some remembrances of him. No, I'm sorry to say that uh, he's one giant I never got to meet, but uh, certainly in the time that I've been paying attention to Broadway, he was um, already an established presence uh, because his first play, Come Blow Your Horn, which, by the way, opened to not such great reviews, but turned out to be a great popular success and a very successful movie as well, um, was um, his real start. While he had written a couple of sketches for um, a couple of reviews that happened before then and certainly made a reputation for himself on um, Sid Caesar's show where there were so many wonderful writers like Mel Brooks um, – he he um, was considered uh, a nice debut, but not a, a smash debut. And um, then what happened, uh, he got the assignment to write the book for Little Me. And uh, that was very well received. But unfortunately, said Caesar, for whom he wrote it and changed Patrick Dennis' novel quite a bit to accommodate Sid Caesar. Uh, unfortunately, Sid Caesar was not as at a good point in his life then. Um, if you uh, read his biography, autobiography, um, Where Have I Been? He's quite frank about the fact that uh, he was drinking a lot at that time. And that's one of the reasons that Little Me wasn't a success. So it wasn't until the next show, Barefoot in the Park, which got unanimous raves from all six newspapers. You know, one has to wonder if it would have been seven. The week before it uh, opened in 1963, the New York Mirror folded. And uh, I suspect it would have been seven for seven. But it was six, six. And the thing is, with any career, it really seems if you could have two blockbusters in a row, you're really in great shape. And he did have that because the next one was The Odd Couple, which really became um, far more famous than Barefoot in the Park because, of course, of the TV series. Barefoot in the Park had two TV series, but none of them could touch the popularity of The Odd Couple TV series, uh, which ironically enough, he just sold um, outright. He did not get a, a percentage of the action. And he ruled that. However, needless to say, Neil Simon never worried for money uh, starting after Come Blow Your Home. Um, he, he did the book for Sweet Charity, too, and came in and, and rescued it because Bob Fosse was doing it. And it just wasn't working out. But you really have to be impressed with Neil Simon for two reasons more than any other. If you read any uh, either of his um, two um, autobiographies, his memoirs, there are, there are two things that stick out tremendously. And one was when The Odd Couple was trying out in Boston. Uh, the third act just wasn't working very well. And at that time, there was a critic called Elliot Norton, who was considered the dean of American drama critics because he'd been doing it for 40 years at that point. And um, he used to have a TV show. And I used to watch it faithfully every uh, Tuesday night because shows used to open on Monday. And then on Tuesday, uh, he would have the people on. So we had Neil Simon on. And he said, you know, I think it would be a good idea if the Pigeon Sisters came back in Act 3. And Neil Simon, in his autobiography, says, I, I just – lit up with that. I mean, I, I couldn't believe what a great suggestion. And actually, I saw that happen. I saw that look on Neil Simon's face, and I knew the Pigeon Sisters were going back in. So it's nice that he gives um, Elliot Norton credit for um, redeeming the play. And then after Sweet Charity came the Star Spangled Girl, and Walter Kerr reviewed the play. Um, his lead was 
Neil Simon didn't have an idea for a play this year, but he wrote one anyway. And nobody thought that was funnier than Neil Simon himself. He admitted it was true, and he really um, <laughs> stuck by that. And uh, he, he just thought it was a terrific line, which really showed us something about who he was. So then it was really um, pretty good time. He bought the Eugene O'Neill Theater, and that's why so many of his plays played there for so many years. But for a while there, I mean, he just couldn't miss. And we just got used to the fact that every year there would be a new Neil Simon play or musical. Ho-hum, it's another one. We got used to it. Plaza Suite, Promises, Promises, Last of the Red Hot Lovers. Um, The Gingerbread Lady was his first um, failure during that uh, period of time. And in fact, it tried out in Boston and announced it was closing in Boston. And then he said, no, no, I think I can fix it. And while some said he did and some said he didn't, the fact is that he wouldn't give up easily. And again, he didn't need the money. Um, The fact is that he really did believe that he could fix it and he worked on it. And um, Emmanuel Eisenberg, who was his de facto producer for so many years, had framed in his office a little piece of paper in which um, he wrote, uh, Neil Simon wrote during, uh, I think it was a rehearsal, don't worry, I can fix it. And um, he Again, he he knew that um, if you put in the work, that it could be improved. So, so many wonderful things. The Sunshine Boys, which really became such a classic, uh, was certainly one of, I I think, maybe even um, in in one of his top three plays. But he kept going and going. And while he didn't have success that much um, from the mid-70s to the early 80s, then came the trilogy that really um, made us appreciate him all the more. Brighton Beach Memoirs, which is the longest-running play of the last 35 years um, and certainly was an important building block in Matthew Broderick's career started it all and then Biloxi Blues which was the second part of the trilogy and Broadway Bound so those did reasonably well uh, the other two and um, (laughs) you know it's amazing to me when I look at uh, what's playing at community theaters a play of his that didn't do so well only ran about four months Rumors that uh, opened in um, November of 88 and closed in February of 90. That's not a long run Um, for Neil Simon uh, has turned out to have such a life in community theater. I am telling you that. Uh, you know, I, every time I turn around, somebody's doing rumors, so that's great. Now, it took him a long time to win a Tony Award, a long time. He was nominated almost every time, but um, it took a long time for that to happen. Ironically, it did happen um, with uh, Biloxi Blues, and uh, Emmanuel Aceberg said, I'm so glad this happened at the ceremony. He said, uh, think of all the work you've given to so many people over the years, and that's really true. I mean, that, that's really his legacy. And, um, and then in 91 came Lost in Yonkers which got him a Pulitzer Prize, not just a Tony, which he knew he was going to win because you may recall that year Anthony Quinn was given the wrong envelope and um, and uh, the, um, the the mistake was made. So we learned early on that uh, Lost in Yonkers was the winner. And after that, Lord knows, um, the ones after that weren't uh, terribly successful. Um, Jake's Women, um, the Goodbye Girl musical was the disappointment proposals. I mean um, – so none of those really hit the mark the way that the previous ones did. And this is the, this is the standard successful career, the, the climb up and the um, climb down. Uh, it happens to everybody, but certainly 
uh, I dare say not a day goes by where there isn't some Neil Simon uh, play or musical done somewhere in the world. So uh, his legacy will be with us forever. We know that he's been sick for a long time, a long time. And it's it's sad that, of course, this this happened. But 91 years, uh, many of us would sign a paper right now to live to be 91. And certainly any one of us would sign a paper to have the successful career that Neil Simon did.